Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 638. Chapter 97. Blood and Bitter Rue. As I sat among the silks with my control slipping away, I felt a wave of cold sweat sweep over my body. I clenched my jaw and felt a small anger flare up. Over the course of my life, my mind had been the only thing I've always been able to rely on. The only thing that has always been entirely mine. I could feel my resolve melting as my natural desires were replaced by some animal thing unable to think beyond its own lust. The part of me that was still quoth raged, but I felt my body respond to her presence. With a horrible fascination i felt myself crawl through the cushions toward her one arm found her slender waist and i bent to kiss her with a terrible hunger i howled inside my own mind i have been beaten and whipped starved and stabbed but my mind is my own no matter what becomes of this body or the world around i threw myself against the bars of an intangible cage made of moonlight and desire and somehow I held myself away from her my breath tore out of my throat as if racing to escape Valerian reclined on the cushions her head tilted up toward me her lips were pale and perfect her eyes half-lidded and hungry I forced myself to look away from her face but there was nowhere safe to look. Her throat was smooth and delicate, trembling with her rapid pulse. One breast stood round and full while the other angled slightly to one side, following the downward slope of her body. They rose and fell with her breath, moving gently, making candle-cast shadows on her skin. I glimpsed the perfect whiteness of her teeth beneath the pale pink of her parted lips. I closed my eyes, but somehow that only made it worse. The heat of her body was like standing near a fire. The skin of her waist was soft beneath my end of the page. Whoa, I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. A lot of this imagery like feels very evocative, but I also feel like parts of it are maybe like they're like they're evocative in ways that are different than what you might expect them to be for example uh he notes that her lips are pale and previously this is an interesting contrast to denna whose lips he always notes as being like a like a natural but but very like saturated red and then also so there's that contrast and then there's there's well there's also other stuff and i'm gonna find it later but you guys can say the words if you want well, I, I want to know what you think is significant about this contrast. About the contrast of Denna versus Florian? I think that's like an interesting personal contrast for Quoth. I think that he's making that contrast without realizing that he's directly making that contrast. Hmm. Like there's there's something in there about how like the instinctual lust he feels for Florian. He probably has a little bit of that for Denna too. He just doesn't, he hasn't really clicked into it yet kind of thing. Um, but he recognizes that, like, Denna, very different from Valorian, because Valorian, scary fae lady. Denna, lady he likes, but 
also kind of scary in a different way. <laughs> you mentioned also that like you found some of this imagery kind of like counterintuitive. Can you elaborate Oh, the white on that? teeth. I found the white teeth very counterintuitive because in this book, we have previously associated white teeth with things like dinner and the people addicted to dinner generally kind of dangerous. I think that's intentional. I think that the white teeth are meant to be frightening. Okay, I thought it was meant to be like a look there like everything about them is pale. Like she has pale skin, she has white teeth. I think it's meant to be uncanny and and discomforting, especially because he is now essentially and let's let's content warning this and tomorrow's page because we're going to get into sexual assault territory. Uh, he is currently the victim of a sexual assault that is occurring on this page. And then on tomorrow's episode, he will, through the trigger of this uh, assault happening, he will experience, re-experience, relive a sexual assault that he had in Tarbine when he was a boy. Let's be explicit about what's going on here. This is a, a very frightening scene where Inkvoth is being victimized by someone with total power over him. I also, I had one other note just before, because I know I know we're about to like go into everything else, but I had one other note just really quickly. Uh, which was that the like he can feel the heat of her body and I find that very evocative because like at, at least my partner is a furnace so if I lie next to them like if I, I could have my eyes closed and and I would still know exactly how far away from me they were based on the heat coming off their body that's that's like a very real feeling thing to me yeah that's a that's a tangible like sensory experience I am fascinated by the way that this page plays out like a horror movie. In the previous chapter, he's still like sort of under her spell and kind of obsessed with the minute details of her body and her presence. But it doesn't feel like horrifying. It feels kind of like fey and strange and like magical, but it's not like scary. And now the same kind of thing is happening, but like cranked up to 11 to the point that it's like now terrifying because he has no control as nick said he has no control over himself at all she's compelling him to to do something and all these details of her now make her seem predatory almost like a vampire like vampires are often described as like being kind of pale vampires also have like mind control powers a lot of the time and they are often framed as like figures of kind of supernatural lust or desire so i think that that like there's there are details on this page that now make her seem like a predator, like the perfect whiteness of her teeth kind of evokes fangs, like the teeth of a, of a predatory animal. Yeah, she's suddenly a lot scarier. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like those signifiers have been there all along, but I guess this is like the moment where we're reminded of how much danger Quoth is in, and now the danger is upon us. We, we It's a bit of a, a denouement at the end of the last chapter where Quoth seems like he's mitigating the danger. Uh, and he even perhaps uh, commits his own tragic flaw by thinking, oh, she's not that bad. Or like, I have a handle on this. I, I know how to get myself out of this problem. Yeah, every time Quoth thinks he knows what he's doing, it's when he fucks up. Although, I mean, in his defense, you know, he couldn't really have possibly been prepared for this situation. No, that's very reasonable. This I don't is think, like completely uh... outside the bounds of his or anyone else's experience. Yeah, no, in this case, I'd say his tragic flaw, well, I mean, maybe his tragic flaw did get him into this situation, but I would say that having been in the situation, he has made the best decisions with the information available. His tragic flaw actually occurred when he made the choice, well, sort of, uh, but like when he was like, okay, group of people, I'm going to leave you to go chase the scary fairy woman. That choice, 
I think is a tragic flaw example because it's him being like, I know that this situation could be dangerous, but like, I'm curious and I can handle it. Like, that's a tragic flaw moment to me. I want to raise an objection to the use of the phrase tragic flaw to describe that because I don't think that's a flaw of his character. I think that's just his character. Yeah, I, I, again, I think we've we've talked this a lot and we've had some angry letters about this as well. I, I think we are using tragic flaw in like the um, English class version of it, wherein we are not suggesting that like a Greek hero, he is uh, like he is bound to always take this action that will lead to his downfall. It's more of a like shorthand for that thing he does that generally doesn't help him out. We are misusing it in this moment. Like that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening here. His tragic, if you want to call his assumption that he knows everything when he doesn't his tragic flaw, that's fine. But that's not what got him into this situation. His recklessness and his curiosity got him into this situation. And I don't think those are his tragic flaw in that sense. Those are just facets of his character. I think we have to be purposeful in making that distinction. Well, Jeremy, I think that your tragic flaw is that you suck and are a butt. Well, that's neither here nor there. We can discuss my tragic flaw. I I suck on butts, but there we need to like move that aside for a moment because we're not dealing with my tragic flaws here. Uh, I do, however, think that you were right, Nick. We have seen these details of Fullerian before, but the, the context and the affect in which they are presented makes them mean different stuff. When you describe her as like pale, petal pink lips, you know, two chapters ago when we were just focusing on how hot she was, that's what those details signify. The context of the scene that's happening now makes those same details appear in a different light. Yes, that. Is there anything else we want to cover on this one? No, I'm good. Uh, no, I'm good. We have a letter today from Desert Dry, who writes on Edemic Culture. Pagers, we're finally at some Edemic cultural content. We will see our first bits of the Lothani soon. Hearing you guys speak the hand gestures make me visualize them better. I've read the books two or three times, but now you guys are causing me to actually make the hand gestures. Splayed hands. Can you feel the smile? Beauty behind the next wall. Desert dry. I would be lying if I said I had never attempted to make the hand gestures while reading the book to gesture along and to try to like actually do them. I have definitely kind of like imagined if I was the the language consultant, what what gestures would mean what and uh, and and how would they look? And I have definitely twitched my hand along as I read. Let he who has not done the hand gestures uh, cast the first stone. Agreed. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, sounds like Jordana hasn't tried, but now she's gonna. I, now I have to. <laughs> That's right. And listeners, you can try along with us on tomorrow's page of The Wind. Wind.